The past couple of weeks we've talked about Jesus' life. Tonight we're going to continue that. And we're going to still be in the book of Matthew. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 8. Specifically, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10 and verse 13. So we're going to skip a couple right in there and then skip to 13 at the end. But these are the ones we're going to be looking at. So you can go ahead and turn there, get your Bibles there. And we're going to go ahead and look at it right off the bat. And this is what it says in chapter 5, or chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Now let's stop for just a second to talk about who a centurion is. A centurion is a guard, it's kind of a high, high-ranked official. Um, centurions were respected. Centurions had people that were underneath them that listened to what they had to say. And then they also have people that were above them that they listened to. But they were still kind of like a respected person. They're almost like a captain in the military or a captain in the police force or something like that. So they're not like top of the, the, the list, but they're not at the bottom either. So this centurion is kind of a, a respected dude. Um, and that's what he was. He was kind of like a guard, kind of like a policeman kind of guy. You with me? All right. So number verse six says, Lord, he said, now he's talking to Jesus right now. And he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. So the centurion's like, no, no, no. You don't even need to come into my house because I am not even worthy to have you in my house. But, you know... Just say the word and I know, I know the guy will be healed. He'll be all good. All you have to do is say something. So verse 9. He keeps going, okay? He's like, no, no, come to my house. Just say the word and he'll be healed. And then he keeps going and he says this. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. And that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. So why does a centurion come to Jesus to heal his servant? Is Jesus a doctor? I'm hearing no and I'm hearing yes. Raise your hand if you think it's yes. He is a doctor. Okay, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you think it's no. Okay, you can put your hands down. You're, you're both right. Technically, his profession is he's a rabbi. So if you said no because he's a rabbi, you're right. But if you said yes, he is a doctor because he is the great physician, then you're right too. So you're both right. Um, it's yes and no. He's, he is a doctor. He isn't a doctor. But um, why does he come to Jesus though? Why doesn't he go to like a doctor? Or why doesn't he, um, you know, just try to fix the guy with medicine and stuff? Instead, he comes to Jesus. Now, to answer this question... The guy's talking about authority, right? He starts talking about how he's a centurion, so he's got guys that are under him, but he's also got guys that are above him. And so if he says the word to one of the guys under him, they just do what he says. And he's kind of talking about Jesus this way. He's like, okay, I'm coming to you because I believe that you can do something about this. If you just say the word, my servant will be healed. So to answer this question, why does this guy come to Jesus? I wanted to ask you guys another question. And it's this, who would you call if someone breaks into your house? Who would you call? 
I have some, I have some suggestions, I, and I need you to listen. Shh. Keep it to yourself on who you call. Because I have some suggestions for you, some people I think some of you might call. And I might be wrong and I might be right about this, but we're going we're gonna to talk about them. But if someone broke into your house, who would you call? I think some of you might get confused and messed up. And some of you might call the fire department. Hey, hey man, I got somebody who just broke in my house, man. Can you come over here? Uh, sir, this is the fire department. Uh, man, can you just bring a hose or something and like squirt it at the guy? He's got a gun. Can you just spray him in the face so he can't shoot me? That'd be awesome. Sir, we don't do that kind of thing. Um, we rescue kittens and such. We don't fire hoses at criminals with guns. So some of you might be nuts and accidentally call the fire department because you dialed the wrong number. Or you might just think firemen, well, they're like officials, so they can help me. Firemen aren't going to help you when it comes to a guy breaking into the house. So if any of you thought that was a good idea, not a good idea. Now, some of you might be like, well, okay, I, I would never call a fireman. That's dumb. I mean, if I'm thinking, who am I going to call because someone broke in, you know, who am I going to call but the Ghostbusters? I mean, I'm going to call them up. I'm going to be like, dude, get your, get your like electro gun thing over here and start shooting this guy. All right. Trap me some ghosts. Because if there's something strange in your neighborhood and it don't look good. Who are you going to call? Exactly. Now, there's a, sl- a slight problem with this, okay? If you're going to call the Ghostbusters to come in and help you with somebody breaking into your house, and that person that broke into your house is not Slimer, who's the slimy guy who's in the Ghostbusters deal, or a ghost or something, they're not going to be able to help you. If you've got a live person that comes in there with, like, a gun, Ghostbusters got nothing for you. They're just going to walk in and be like... We give up. Don't shoot us either. They got nothing. So some of you are already smart enough to know you wouldn't call the Ghostbusters because Ghostbusters can't help you with real criminals with real guns unless those real criminals with real guns are dead and they're ghosts. So some of you would be like, man, I know people, I know some people that are like the most helpful people. Like they can take care of any problem, no matter how complex, no matter, no matter what. All I need is my Starbucks barista. That's what I need. Somebody breaks in the house, I call them up. I'm like, okay, here's what I need. I need a grande gun, ASAP, extra steamy, with lots of ammo on the side. All right? Bring it to me, barista. If you called up Starbucks for real, I'm just picturing this in my head, okay? I could see one of us calling Starbucks if somebody broke into our house and, and just being like... You know, they must be busy. Hold on. They're going to answer. Hello, Starbucks, Dallas Highway. Hey, man. Okay, here's the deal. I just had somebody break into my house and I'm freaking out right now. Okay. Um, And so I was wondering if you could help me out. Um, Sir, this is a coffee shop. Uh, We serve hot, tasty beverages for ridiculous prices. Um... We can't help you with this situation. 
dude, I don't have time to call anybody else. I got you on the phone. Can you come over here and help me, man? I don't know. Bring, bring some steamed milk and throw it in the guy's face or something. I don't know. Maybe you get one of those really nice caramel macchiatos and you bring it over and you lure the guy away from the house because maybe they really like that. They have a caffeine addiction. I don't know. Get him away from me. I'm scared to death. Help me out, barista. Sir, I believe you're a little crazy. Um, but I will send that caramel macchiato over to you. To, to, to maybe uh, help you with the grief of the fact that you're probably about to be shot. Um, enjoy that, sir. Click! I mean, baristas aren't going to help you. How many in here would for real call a Starbucks barista? I just want to know this. Okay, you are the people that I... We need to have special counseling for you after. Um, now, some of you wouldn't call the Ghostbusters. You wouldn't call the firemen. You wouldn't call the Starbucks barista. Some of, some of you need a little bit more flair to your rescue. Uh, you have a little bit more faith in the talent of some folks. So some of you might get on the phone and you might call up the folks at Glee and say, like, I need some help. Now, if you call the folks at Glee and they showed up to help you with the, uh, the intruder, all they're going to do is like sing and dance their way at them. It's like... Hey, you need to get out of this house, out this house, out this house. That's not going to help. And I know all you are impressed with those moves I just busted out. If any of these, if any of these kids from, from Glee show up, it, it's bad news for you, man. You're, you're in trouble because singing and dancing is not going to help you out. No matter how popular the song it's not like the intruder is going to be like, oh yeah, I love this song. That's my jam. And then you sneak out when, you're dan- when they're dancing, you know, getting into it with their gun. And they're like shooting it off like, woo. It's not going to work. The Glee folks cannot help you if an intruder breaks into your house. Now, if, if you have some brains, which I know all of you do. So all of you, none of you would really call any of these people because you guys are, you know, you're with it. You're smart people. The people you would really call in this situation is, of course, the cops, the police, the SWAT team. You would call the bad boy, bad boy, bad boy. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boy, bad boy. What you? I mean, that's who you're gonna call because they got the firepower, they got the authority, they got the badge. They got shotguns, man. They got dogs. They got search warrants. They got the law. Now, now these guys right here, out of that whole list, these are the only guys that really make sense because they can actually help you in that situation. Now, are they going to bust in like that? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But... They're going to do whatever they need to do to help you and to help the situation. So, we have faith in the police. You have faith in the police. I have faith in the police because they have the authority to deal with that situation of someone breaking into the house. I know if someone breaks in my house, I'm calling up the police ASAP. I'm be like, dude, you need the dogs, you need the choppers, you need the AK-47s in here. We need to start shooting people, okay? Because I got somebody in the house. I don't know who it is. Help me out. 
And I have faith in them to take care of it because I know they have the authority and the ability to do it. So I ask you again, why did this guy go to Jesus to heal this servant that he's got? Why does he come to Jesus? You can say it out loud. Why does he come to Jesus? Because he believes. That was good. Because he believes. Because he believes Jesus has the authority to take care of the situation. Now, the man had faith that Jesus had the authority to heal. So that's why he comes to Jesus. So he's going to come to him and be like, hey, Jesus, all you got to do is say the word and, and my servant will be healed. Because I believe you have the authority over sin, over death, and over sickness. Sickness has no authority over Jesus. Jesus has authority over sickness. So if Jesus said, hey, guess what? You got a cold right now? Not anymore. You're healed. You're good. Jesus could do that because he has the authority over it. If I had a broken leg up here, I'm like, oh, I got, I got a gimp leg. It hurts. I broke it playing basketball. If Jesus said, your leg is better, I'd be like, all good. Because he has the authority over sickness. He has the authority to heal. Now, let's look at what keeps happening in the story, okay? Verse 10. It says, when Jesus heard this, so when the centurion came to Jesus and said, heal my servant, please, you, I believe you can do it. I know you have the authority to do this. You don't even have to come to my house. I know you could just say it and it'll happen. Jesus heard this and he was amazed. Jesus. Now, Jesus is the son of God. He is a perfect person. He's the only perfect person that's ever been because he's also God. Now, if the only perfect person who is also God is amazed, that's a pretty big deal because he's never messed up. It takes a lot to impress a perfect person, but Jesus is like amazed at this guy. So let's keep reading. It says he's amazed and said to those following him, the disciples, the guys hanging out with him. He's like, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Usually when we think of the guys with really big faith, we think of who? The disciples, right? But this guy comes up to Jesus who's hanging out with his disciples and he has this great faith, this huge faith for Jesus to heal his servant. And he turns around and looks at the disciples. He's like, guys, I mean, you guys are pretty cool and all. But this guy, I haven't found anybody with as much faith as this guy. He's got so much faith in me, he believes I can just say it and it'll happen. That his servant will be healed, his servant won't die, his servant will be good just because I said it. And Jesus was amazed, not because he thought it was crazy that the guy thought he could do it. He knows he can do it. He was amazed because the guy believed it. He just knew it. Jesus had never healed this guy before. This guy had never seen Jesus heal his servant before. This is like the first time this has happened. And he just comes up to him, believing he can do it. And Jesus is amazed at this guy's faith. So if we skip ahead, we see kind of what Jesus does as a result of this guy's faith. In verse 13, it says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, 
Let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. So as soon as Jesus says this, the servant who's not right there with them, who's somewhere else at this centurion's house, is healed. Don't freak out. It's okay. It is okay. Hey, Zach, we've got to get the uh, slideshow back up, my brother. And there it is. Look at that. God is in control. Now, the man was right the whole time, okay? The centurion. The guy that comes up to Jesus, he was right the entire time. And Jesus heals this servant with just a word. So Jesus, all he says is, go, and your servant's going to be healed. Just like you believed. And And it happened. Just like that. Done. Now, this is a pretty like simple truth, okay? I'm not hitting you with some like mind-blowing something you probably never heard, okay? You've probably heard this before. Have faith in God, right? Have faith in Jesus. But the thing is, a lot of us struggle, I struggle with this. A lot of us struggle with this to really believe Jesus has the authority to help us in any in every situation that we need help in. That includes you having an issue with a friend. And it seems like there's nothing that's going to like make it better. You guys are just like arch enemies now. You used to be BFF forever. You know, you're like all about each other. You're hanging out all the time. And then something happened, put a wedge between you. You guys are fighting, talking junk on Facebook. And it's like nothing can help this situation. Do you really believe Jesus can help you in this? Don't answer out loud. This includes situations where it's like, man, I've tried out for this this team, whether it's cheerleading or dance or football or basketball or whatever. I've tried out for this team. Do I really believe that Jesus has got my back on this. Now, that, that could mean you make the team or you're not. It, I don't know what the answer is to that. But do you really believe that whatever happens, Jesus has got your back? Either way. Whether it's you got cut or you didn't get cut, Jesus has still got your back. Do you really believe he's got that ability to help you, to heal you, to help you work through it, whatever it is? Do you really believe that Jesus could heal someone that you know, maybe someone you know that's got cancer, maybe someone you know that's just got the flu or a cold or something, or do you really believe that Jesus can work in someone's life in such a way that doctors are like baffled? Because here's the deal, guys. This story happened over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was hanging out on earth with his disciples. But the cool thing about God and the cool thing about Jesus is that what's true about him then is true about him now. He has the authority over sin, over sickness, over death. He has the ability to help you in whatever situation you've got yourself in. The key is do we really believe that? Because if we do and we go through these tough situations... It makes it a whole lot easier to go through them because we know Jesus is in control of it. We can ask Jesus to help us through it. We can ask Jesus to do certain things like heal a mom or dad or heal us or heal a friend or whatever. And we can actually believe he's going to do it because he can. But if we don't have that faith 
and we're just kind of going through life like half-heartedly believing Jesus is who he says he is. That's not the real faith that Jesus is amazed by. So here's my question to you. Is do you have faith that Jesus has the authority to help you? Whatever it is that you got going on right now, it could be a health thing, it could be a relationship thing, I have no idea. But do you believe Jesus can really help you in that? Because he's got authority over everything. Do you really believe in him to be able to come through for you, to help you? It could be to comfort you. It could be to do whatever it is you're asking him to do. It could be to do something you don't even know what he's going to do, but you're just asking him to help, to move, to work. And do you have the faith that amazes God, that amazes Jesus like the centurion had, where you don't doubt him at all? Like you don't have to have some crazy sign in the sky for you to know that Jesus is there and he's, he's working and he's moving. You just know it. You know Jesus is real. God is really moving. God is really in control. And you have faith. Because it's faith like that that's really going to help you in middle school. I mean, let's be honest. Middle school can be crazy. You can have all kinds of stuff going on in middle school. Guys, you start to grow hair in your armpits. It's weird. It's weird. Girls, you start, you start to realize just how crazy the guys are, right? I mean, they're just nuts. And another thing usually in middle school, girls, is you find out who's your real friends and who's your not real friends, you know? Lots of friend drama. You know what I'm talking about. So there's lots of craziness going on in middle school. And you can't have faith in a friend. And you can't have faith in how you feel that day. And you can't have faith in all these different things that are temporary, that aren't really stable, that aren't really something you can count on. Do you know who you can really have faith in? You know the answer to this. It's Jesus. You can always have faith in Jesus. He will never let you down. No matter how crazy middle school gets, no matter how nuts it gets and how crazy it feels, Jesus is always going to have authority and the ability to help you. So if you're going to have your faith in anyone or anything, it's Jesus. So I want you to keep thinking on this. Do you have faith that Jesus has the authority to help you? And, and if you don't, my challenge to you tonight is this. Start to believe Start to believe that Jesus really cares. Start to believe that Jesus really is who he said he is, the son of God. Start to believe that he can work in your life like no one can explain other than the fact that God did that. Jesus did that. And start to have the faith that amazes God. 